0: Thank you for joining us today. We hope God speaks to you. We hope dreams come alive and faith is ignited so you can impact the world and those around you for God's kingdom. Enjoy the message. All right, City Place, let's grab your Bibles. Come on, we're gonna get ready to jump into God's word. We've been in a series entitled Run, through the Bible. And so you're gonna to wanna to have your Bibles ready. You can also download today's message notes, cityplacechurch.com backslash notes. If this is your first time here, again, my name is Damon and I wanna just welcome you to City Place Church. I promise you God wants to say something and he wants to do something. Over, over these last few weeks, we've been, we've been talking about God's word. And I gotta be honest with you, uh, the Lord's been doing something in me as I am uh, preaching the gospel to you Because, you know, so many times as a pastor, God begins to stir things in the pastor's heart that are taking place behind the scenes. And then when God says it's time, he lets us teach those things. And so we've just been focused as a church that we're going to focus on the purity of God's word, the power of God's word and the honor that is due God's word. And in the very first week of our series, we said that God's word is alive. The Bible is alive. It literally means book. But this is not just an ordinary book. This is a living book. And so we uh, are leaning into God's word. And so God's really been stirring some things on my heart uh, over the last few weeks. And uh, I want to share them with you because uh, as a pastor, um, there's some things that I that I feel like you do well. And sometimes you could you could miss on. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's things that's in your heart that you feel like, ah, I'm gonna do that. And then sometimes you don't really do that. And one of the things that the Lord has really been challenging me on is to not lower the bar. He's been challenging me as a pastor and along with my wife, Taisha, to not lower the bar. Don't lower the bar on who He is, on what He can do, and the standard that He creates for you and I. I, I, uh, I feel like at times as believers that we have lowered the bar. We've we've lowered the standard. And what it's done is it's a it's allowed certain choices and lifestyles and behaviors and beliefs to all be able to step over the bar versus reach up to the bar. Are you with me? It's kind of like we 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 lower the bar and instead of have to 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 just pursue him passionately, we can just kind of just step over the bar. We can can have one foot in the world, which is kind of like the the flesh where we can lead our own selves, and then we can have one foot in our relationship with God and kind of walk the line of our personal choices and what God wants us to do, never really fully going all the way with God. And so the Lord's really been convicting me and challenging me, which I'm excited about, Not only Damon as myself, but also Damon as the senior pastor of City Place Church. We aren't lowering the bar anymore. Like we want God's standard, the high bar that he set for us, the big dreams, the big purpose, the big standard of living. We want that bar. I don't want to dumb down Jesus in any way. I don't want to make his authority any less. I don't want to decrease the power of his love. I don't want to decrease the power of his forgiveness. I want the bar that's set for Jesus to remain high. If Jesus set the bar so high through his death, burial and resurrection, why would I lower the bar? So that I feel good and so that you feel good. And as a pastor, my responsibility, my wife's responsibility, our leadership team's responsibility is to lead, feed and empower. We lead you to where Jesus is. We feed you the words like the Bible says, you are equipped for every good work that you are equipped to fulfill the mission of the cross. You, and then you are empowered to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. And so I want you to know today that at City Place Church, we aren't lowering the bar. In fact, we're raising the bar back up, if the bar had dropped, to the height where Jesus has set. And that got me thinking. As I was studying this week, and we've we been in the word, and I want you to think that, keep this in your mind, that we aren't lowering the bar anymore. Like, the, the, not that we say we lower the bar, but the bar is not going to be lower. We are going to reach the standard of what God's called us to. That's our pursuit. Jesus is our number one pursuit. And I was thinking about this as we were talking about the word of God. I was thinking about the fact that the word of God has life building, heart changing, transforming, and enemy defeating power. Like the word of God has so much power inside that it could impact every aspect of my life, every aspect of your life. I'm realizing that the word of God can become my word or it doesn't like the word of God can become mine or it doesn't. The word of God can become yours or you can choose for it not to just laying the foundation of where we're going. And I'll give you my thought here in a second. I realize that I have a choice to accept God's authority and his truth as well as assimilated to my life, or I don't. You have the option to choose to accept the authority of God's word, to live according to God's word, or not. You, you can choose to lower the bar to fit your standard, or go, God, I'm going to pursue you in every aspect of who you are. Just thinking about that this week, like, the word of God has life changing, enemy defeating, life transforming, <clears throat> heart changing, dream building power. Which then brought me to this thought. There can't be any more gray areas. There can't be any more gray areas in our walk with God. So here's the question that I have and what the Lord was really challenging me on was, do you really want the word? Do you really want the word of God in your life functioning in the way that God created it to function? Do you really want the word to be the word in your life? I'm asking you that question. Write that down. Do I really want the word? Because the Bible says in John chapter 1 that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And it says that the word walked and the light shined and the darkness couldn't comprehend the light. The word of God, the Bible says in John 1, was in the beginning with God and it was God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us so when I'm asking us do we really want the word I'm asking you do you want the fullness of who Jesus is do you want what God has created you to be and do you want what God says about you do you really want the word you have a choice God's bar is here and if we're not careful we'll try to lower the bar Versus pursue him in such a passionate way where we reach his standard of living, his standard of care, his standard of purpose, his standard of destiny. So today we're going to have some practical tools. We've been teaching you how to study God's word. We've been teaching you how to go into God's presence. We've been teaching you how to search for Jesus in the scriptures because he's been talked about from the beginning all the way to the end of the Bible. And this morning, what I'm going to do is you and I are going to study God's word together. I gave you a a tool called SOAP, S-O-A-P, a a simple way to study scripture and to find Jesus as you're reading so that it doesn't become just habit of like, oh, I got to read today. No, it's Jesus, where are you? I'm trying to find you. And so this morning, we're going to study a passage of scripture and we're going to ask ourselves, do we really want the word? Do we really want all that God has for us? Do we really want to go after the bar that the Father set? And so what we're going to do is we're going to go through our message notes and you're going to find that there's some things for you to fill in and then there's some blanks for you to fill in. Like when I say fill in, meaning like there's a fill in the blank for you and then there's some open space for you to download what God has for you. So S stands for scripture. O stands for observation. What is it that God is saying to you right as you're listening to today's message, as you're reading the scripture? And then A stands for application. How can I apply what I hear? And then at the end of our message, we're going to give you some time to pray. Today's going to be interactive. There's going to be some ministry time for you right where you are at home. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. So you'll find on your message note that there's a passage of scripture. Go with me. You got to have your Bibles. I got my notes in my Bible today. Matthew. I mean, Mark, chapter four. Go to Mark, chapter four, Mark, chapter four. Mark, chapter four, verse 14. We're going to read a little bit and then we'll come back and we'll observe some things. And I'm going to give you some things that God showed me for us this morning. But I want you to pause as you're listening and I want you to say, God, show me what I need to see. Show me where the bar is as I read this scripture. Show me, because I want your word. Mark chapter 4, verse 14 says this in verse 20. The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately. Somebody say immediately. Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word immediately, somebody say immediately, immediately they receive it with gladness and they have no root in themselves. So they endure only for a time. Then afterwards with tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately, somebody say immediately, they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. And the desires of other things enter in and choke the word. And the word becomes unfruitful. Verse 20, last verse. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept the word and bear fruit, some 30, some 60 and some a hundredfold. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. We thank you for your word. God, as we lean into this thought of do we really want your word, I pray that you minister to us. God, we've already read your word. Your word has life. Your word is living. It's active. It's sharp. It's powerful. We give your word permission to do in us what you want to say, what you want to do, and how you want to change us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do we really want the word here's something that I observe and I want you to write this down I want you to write this down I realize that in this scripture as Jesus is talking because the, the, it's, it's a parable Jesus starts off with you know the sower sows the, 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 the seeds and it, it lands on these places and his disciples are kind of like hey can you break this down a little bit and Jesus gets plain he says, hey listen the sower sows the word the sower is the Father the sower is God, the Father and he says, the father sows the word he says but I just want you to know that as soon as it's sown, the enemy is ready to move. The enemy is ready to pounce right away. Because there's power when God says something. See, I realize this. Write this down. God loves you and I so much that he sows his word to you. Like he sows his word to you. God loves you so, so much that he doesn't withhold what he wants to tell you. He doesn't withhold his promises for you. He doesn't withhold his standard of living. He doesn't withhold his grace and his mercy and, and the prayers that you can pray and the power that's in his name and the story of the cross and the resurrection and the power that Jesus gave us. Like, he doesn't withhold any of his word. Like, Jesus is li- literally saying, there is nothing secretive that the Father has that he doesn't want to say to you. But then I realize he says this, he says, the sower sows the word, and immediately the enemy comes, Satan comes, and steals it from your heart. So it, it, write this down, write this down. God focuses on our heart with his word. So God literally has something to tell you, a promise for you found in his word, instruction found in his word. The Bible even says correction is what the word does, rebukes changes you, pulls you into right standing with God. Like, so when God is saying something, he's literally going to your heart. We said this in the first few weeks of our series that when Jesus was talking, I believe it was John 6, 32. I could be wrong, but he said this. He says, listen, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The flesh profits you nothing. See, every time Jesus speaks to you, every time the word speaks to you, the father speaks to you, he's literally speaking to your spirit. And then there's an impact with your flesh. He's not going to deal with your flesh. He's dealing with your spirit because your spirit will lead you. To the freedom and the promise that you find in God, he deals with your spirit, which will then impact your flesh. Now, he might be talking about a flesh issue, but he's talking to your spirit. So, Jesus says, hey, listen, the sower sows the word and the enemy immediately comes to steal it from your heart. And when it's stolen, the person is careless enough to let it go. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about why would the enemy come immediately? The enemy comes immediately because the enemy already is aware of the power of God's word. The enemy is aware that when God speaks something, things cannot remain the same. Things have to be created. Things have to be formed when God speaks. So he knows that when God speaks something over you or declares something to you, that if you grab hold of what God says, then it is going to be accomplished. That's the reason why God says in Isaiah that when he says something, it cannot get back to him unaccomplished. So if God says, let there be light, Light's not going to suddenly decide that it doesn't want to turn on. If God says, I want the sun, the sun's not going to say, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to show up today. No, because when God says something, it has to be done. And the enemy is fully aware of the power of God. Any time the enemy steps off, God is there to say, listen. You can see it all throughout scripture. Adam and Eve sinned, God steps in and says, I want you to know there's one coming who'll crush your head. There's scriptures that say, literally, I saw Satan fall like lightning. He knows the power of the word. In fact, when the enemy went to tempt Jesus in the wilderness, Jesus said, it is written. It is written. It is written. And the Bible says that the enemy went away to come back another day. Why? Because the enemy recognizes the power of God's word. So he comes in its infancy. He comes just as the seed of God's word is planted in your spirit to say, they are not paying attention. I'm gonna take that. See, when the bar is brought down low and you hear the word of God, because it seems like it's just something God said on a Sunday morning, it's just another message I'm not really paying attention. It's just five minutes of scripture reading of devotion time. See, when the bar is brought low, the enemy says, "I." everything that God's trying to tell you, you're not listening to, I'll take it. And it lead me to ask this question. I want you to think about this and I want you to write down this. How much of God's word has been stolen by my carelessness? I want you to answer that question for yourself. How much of God's word has been stolen because you were careless? How much has been stolen because I was careless? Like, what areas of my life have I lowered the bar and God's word has been stolen? I know that I'm supposed to love my neighbor, but I lower the bar to say I'm justified to feel that way. Stolen, so therefore you struggle with hatred, frustration, offense for a long period of time. And God's like, hey, my bar is up here. You're just one foot in, one foot out. No, Jesus says the enemy comes, takes it away on a scale of one to ten. How much of the word of God that's spoken over your life or how much of the word of God that's found in scripture do you respond to with carelessness? I I said this and I'm going to say this again. At City Place Church, we aren't ripping any pages out of God's word. So if God says tithe, we aren't ripping it out. We're going to be generous. If God says love our neighbor, we're not going to rip it out. He said do it. If God says live according to this standard, we're going to live according to that standard. If God says we are going to do what the word encourages us to do. I wrote this down. Write this down. And I want you to write down some things that you are observing as you read Mark chapter four. I wrote this down. I choose where the word of God lands in my life. I choose where the word of God. lands. You choose where the word of God lands. Jesus said uh, uh, some it it, it went into the into the heart and then it went to the wayside. Then it says that uh, some people were chasing the cares of this world, choked it. He's, he also says, listen, others pushed it away because of tribulation and trials because of the word. You choose where where the word of God lands. In fact, some of you this morning, some of you this morning are probably listening to me going. Whatever. Right, one thing I'm not going to do is dot, 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 dot. Some of you, when you heard that we were giving at the end of service, you already told yourself, I'm, I'm not giving. How 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 much have we? Some of us some of us might hear. I'm not gonna give my heart to Jesus. Like okay, how much of the word have has been? I'm I'm not gonna change that behavior. Okay, well how much of God's word has been has been stolen by my carelessness? See, you choose where the word of God lands, and then it brought me to this thought: where I allow the word of God to land exposes how I honor and value His word. If if the enemy can just take it because he wants to take it, then okay, then. I value the word of God this way. Maybe I lowered the bar and I need to raise the bar so that I fight for the standard and not over, you know, just hand over the word. You choose where it lands and it shows how you honor and value the word. Will the word of God fall on stony ground? Like, are you are you the type of person? am, Am I the type of person that hears God's word on a Sunday and excited and then I don't go any deeper into God's word? I don't spend deep time pursuing God and then I'm just. I'm OK for a minute. And then. When a little bit of trouble comes, I start questioning the word. I don't, I don't I don't want to spend no time in God's word. Or do I want God's word? Do I want God's word? So here's how we're going to apply. I want you to write this down. Come on. We're in our application. So our scripture was Mark chapter four. Our observation were the things I just gave you. And then here's our application. How does it apply to me? And the question we're asking ourselves today, and you wrote it down, and I hope you have a good answer, is do I really want the word? Do I really want the word? So here's what I wrote down. Write this down. I'm ready to really want the word when I don't cancel any part of his word. I am ready to really want the word when I don't cancel any part of the word. Mark chapter 7 verse 12 says this, in this way, this is Jesus talking, you let them disregard their needy parents, and so you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own tradition. And this is one example among many others. Jesus literally says, hey, listen, because you've lowered the standard that God set, and you made the lower standard your standard, and the standard that you're going to live your life according to, I just want you to know that because you lowered the standard and you started canceling out God's word, you've actually canceled out God's word for you. God's word doesn't change, but God's impact and the word of God's impact on your life, you canceled it. See, you and I are really ready for the word when we decide that we're not going to cancel any part of the word. That means that everything that is written in Scripture applies to you and I's life. It means that some of the behaviors that you and I have will need to change. Some of the faith that we may be lacking, oh God, let it rise. Some of the time that we need to spend with God, yes, we will. The praise that sometimes we withhold, he's going to be deserving of it. Sometimes when we don't feel like praying, we're going to need to pray. Are you with me? We cannot cancel out the word of God and expect that we're going to reach this bar because we have lowered this bar. Jesus said, you have replaced your own thoughts and your ideas. Thus, you've canceled out the word of God and its impact for you. Are you with me, city place? See, you and I are ready for the word and we really want the word when we don't cancel out any aspects of the word. Write this down. You and I are ready. And really ready and really want the word when we listen, accept, respond through obedience and trust. And then we declare. Let me say it again. You're really ready. I'm really ready. When you and I listen, accept, respond through obedience, trust and declaration. Jesus says, hey, listen, people just giving away. What the father wants to say to them, they're not paying attention. The enemy steals it right away. They're chasing after this and immediately it's taken. They don't have any endurance in God's word and then it's taken. But then he says, but there are some. That here. They accept the word and then they start to bear fruit, some 30, 60, 100 fold. See, you and I are really ready for the word when we begin to listen, accept, and respond through obedience, trust, and declaration. Luke chapter one, verse 38 says, then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be done to me according to your word. I know what you're saying is kind of crazy that you want me to have a baby without being married and intimate with my husband. But since you telling me that the thing that you put on the inside of me that you're speaking to my heart is the savior of the world. It might sound crazy, but if the bar for my life is here, I won't lower the bar. I'm going to respond to what you said. I've heard everything that you said, and I'm going to accept everything that you said. John chapter four, verse 50 says this. Jesus said to him, go your way. Your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke. And he went his way. Jesus said, hey, listen, your son's okay." And the man didn't say, Jesus, come on now. Come on, Jesus. Now, listen." no, the Bible says the man says, Jesus, if your standard is you just going to say it. I'm going to accept it. I hear what you say. I'm going to go on home and I'll see my son when I get there. Number three. And I hope you're writing down, based off Mark chapter 4, how you're going to apply what you read. Write this down. I'm really ready. And I really want the word when the word gets you in trouble. You really want the word when you are fully aware that the word of God is going to get you in trouble. Jesus said that there are some who grab the word and they are excited. But when tribulation and trials rise because of the word, they let it go. You are really ready when God's word is what you're willing to defend. You are really ready for the word. When someone begins to question you and you don't bend, you are really ready when things in our society are changing and laws are changing. But you say, I understand that that's man's law, but God's standard is how I'm going to live my life. You are really, really ready when you decide that you are going to be bold about your Jesus and you will not be ashamed about your Jesus. You are really ready when you choose not to live one foot in the world, but all of yourself in the kingdom and everyone that you used to roll with begins to talk about you. You really ready for the word when the word of God begins to be your standard and it gets you in trouble. Oh, you're ready then, you're ready then. John, John chapter 17 verse 14, Jesus says this, I have given them your word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as as I am not of the world. Can I tell you that when you are ready for the word, you realize that because you've chosen to live your life as a Christ follower, that you cannot roll with them no more. Mm-hmm. You can't look like the world. Now, listen, you can be fashionably cool and all that stuff. But man, you can't sound like the world and, and, and roll with the world and then post about your Jesus. No. You're in. Or you're just spectating. Jesus says. They love the word until the word gets them in trouble. Oh, City Place Church, hear me. We are not lowering the bar at our church. We're gonna preach Jesus unashamed. We're gonna serve our community unashamed. Our church is gonna be influential in our city, in our state, in the world, and we're gonna be bold about our Jesus. And I'm encouraging you to be the same. Be bold about your Jesus. I realize that the world is really bold About themselves. Huh. Why would we shrink when we have the greatest gift that the world has ever seen? Why would we just keep Jesus to ourselves For the sake of not wanting to offend. Now, can I say this? There are some Christians that just don't do Jesus any service by all of their yelling. We do Jesus no good by just yelling at people. See, some some, some people, and this is just me just being a pastor. Uh, some people have taken the word of God and they've thrown it into arenas and they've tried to push Jesus in politics. Okay. And then what happens is they push Jesus in this area. And then they push Jesus in this area and they're yelling and they're screaming. And then what happens is the issue is pushed aside and people start hating Jesus. Well, I'd like to challenge us to be passionate about our Jesus and point people to Jesus and then let Jesus change them the same way he's changing you and me. Jesus has the bar. Let's point them to Jesus. Jesus will show them the bar and then he'll do the rest. So I'm not talking about being Cray cray, I'm talking about being a billboard for Jesus. When people see you, they know you've been with Jesus. In fact, in the book of Acts, the Bible says that there were some people who ran into the apostles and they were shocked because they said, these people are are uneducated people, but they're turning the world upside down and we can tell that they've been with Jesus. When you and I decide that we're really ready for the word, you and I are changed. And all of the impact that you and I dream about making in our family, in our legacy, in our home, in the the kingdom of God takes place because Jesus is the priority. We aren't lowering the bar any more. We're gonna rise to the standard. There is so much enjoyment in a relationship with Jesus. And sometimes the word is going to get us in trouble. See, there's this old school word that my mom taught me uh, when I was younger. And sometimes you don't hear it today because it can sound like it's a negative word in the church. It's it's, it's a word we're going to bring back. Watch this. We're going to bring back the word holy. God is holy. He asks us. To walk in holiness, that's not perfection. You and I are going to miss the mark. Oh man, we're going to miss the mark and he's going to have to nudge us back in place. But man, there's a reverence for who God is that says, Jesus, you're holy. There's nobody like you. Change me. If you died for me, I want to be like you. Jesus, if you promised me, Good things and an abundant life. Jesus, I want the abundant life. Jesus, if you're asking me to pour my adoration on you, Jesus, I won't be a pocket praiser all the time. Jesus, my voice is going to make some noise for you because you made some noise for me. Oh, you're really ready. When the word of God. gets you in trouble. I wrote this down. And we're wrapping up. Living by the word of God will draw attention to itself and you. If you feel like an outsider because you're living according to the word, you're really ready for the word. If you feel like, I feel a little awkward, but I know that I can't role in that group anymore. I know that when I hang out with them, my behavior changes. I know that when I talk with them, my speech changes. I know that I start doing things in this relationship that I know God's standard does not allow or does not want me to do. If you're starting to feel like an outsider, because you follow Jesus, not being cray-cray, but because you love him so much and you're beginning to put him on your lips and your heart's changing and you really desire the word. You really want the word. You really want the word. Acts chapter four says this in verse 29. This is a prayer that as they're getting ready to preach the gospel, they say, now, Lord, Lord look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. Lord, we're on the outside here. and We can hear what they're saying about us because we chose to follow you. But I ask you to give us boldness to speak the word that we really want. As we close, I want to ask you the same question that the Lord was asking me, and I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for 20 years. I've been a Christ follower for a long time, and I am finding myself, and I don't know if this is you, where you may be. Maybe you're hanging out for the very first time. I am, I am in love with the person of Jesus. I'm in love with my Father in heaven at a new rate than I've ever been. And I have been enjoying the way he's been challenging me to draw close to him. And if you're watching today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I can honestly tell you, from a person who grew up in church, didn't think God was okay for a phase of my life, was acting kind of crazy in school, to Saying yes to Jesus and giving him, him all, my all to having moments of ah, God, you know, faith moments where you're like, God, are you ever going to do this for me? To seeing God respond, to going through tough moments and seeing that even in the tough moments, whether it's in loss or disappointment, hurt, offense, that he was still there. I can honestly tell you that Jesus will be, if you choose to really want him, he will be the best decision you will ever make. I promise it. I'm not saying that life's gonna be perfect, it's not. But oh, I can honestly tell you he loves you more than what you could ever imagine. And his reality is true. I didn't grow up wanting to be a pastor But man, the minute I said yes to Jesus, to follow him, he became real. And so here's just a couple of questions that I'm asking you as we close today. The first question is this. Do you really want the word? Do you really want to walk in a relationship with Jesus to where the word of God begins to become alive to you? And that standard that we talked about is what you live by. Do you really want to raise the bar of his word? If you if you say yes, you're saying yes to living every aspect of your life, your attitude, your conviction, your behavior, your lifestyle, your choices, your standards, your ethics as a Christ follower. You're choosing to live under his lordship. You're choosing to live under his lordship. If you say yes to really wanting the word, to really wanting to follow Jesus, you will have to discover his core beliefs and make them yours. Do you really want the word? Right where you are with every head bowed and every eye closed, you've had some moments to be able to choose. Remember I said that you choose where the word of God lands. The enemy's been waiting for you to get distracted during our time together. So that just like Jesus talked about in Mark chapter four, to steal it immediately. He's been waiting for some of you to view God's word as insignificant in this moment so that he can steal it immediately. But Jesus is also standing within full full anticipation of those of you who are ready to hear, to hear, hear the word, to respond and accept the word so that you can bear fruit in your life. I know you're watching right where you are. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to pray a prayer. So many of us have prayed the prayer. There are people right now online who are praying for you, that in this moment that you will surrender your heart to Jesus. I'm going to say a quick prayer. I just want you to pray it after me. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died and rose again, he comes and takes his place as the Lord of your life. And then from there, He begins to work on you. So right where you are, will you pray this prayer? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Our team is praying for you, they are ready. We've been waiting for this whole moment, the most important moment of our time together today. Here we go, say, Dear Jesus, today I welcome you. I welcome you into my life. I acknowledge that you died for me and you rose again and I receive the free gift of salvation. I acknowledge that I am a sinner and I've missed the mark. And today I repent and I give my life over to you. I'm choosing you and I really want your word. I declare that I am yours and you are mine. In Jesus name, amen. Come on, City Place, right where you are, can you make some noise for those that said yes to Jesus today? Come on, right where you are. I can't hear you, but I know you're there. Come on, make some noise for Jesus today. Well done on the decision that you made today. Hey, I want to give you just a couple of next steps right now. And our team will also give you some more information. I want you to text the word City Place to 9400 and let us know the decision that you made today. You can also fill out a virtual connect card if you wanna share more of your story on the decision that you made to follow Jesus today. Or if you wanna write a prayer request, our team would love to come around you and pray. That's the first step. The next step is is we want you to get plugged into a city group. Our city groups are gonna be kicking off here real soon and we believe that God has called all of us to do life in community. And we wanna invite you to discover your family and find your fit in one of those city groups. So that's just two things, but well done on the decision that you made. It will be our honor to walk with you in your next step with Jesus today. Amen? Amen. Well, hey, it's our time to worship the Lord through our giving. I just wanna say thank you as always for your partnership in the kingdom of God through your generosity. We believe that God has called our church to live to give. And when we obey God with our kingdom finances, we are able to impact his kingdom. I want to let you know that because of your generosity, we've been able to supply book bags and school supplies for kids right here in our local community. And these are the things that we're able to do as a generous church. And so well done. I'm going to get ready to pray. And let's pray. And I just know you're going to have a great week in Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we really want your word. We celebrate those that said yes to you today and are choosing to walk in a relationship with you. We're so honored, Jesus, that you've given your life for us. And today we've chosen to give it freely, our lives freely to you. Bless our week. Thank you, Lord God, that as we worship you with our giving, allow us to steward every bit of your kingdom finances well and continue to make an impact in our city and our nation and the world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have a great week, City Place. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much for joining us. Stay connected by subscribing to the City Place Church podcast, following us on Instagram, checking us out on Facebook, or by visiting our website, www.cityplacechurch.com.